All right, guys, what is going on? I'm Luca Laporta, and uh, this is the second episode of the Milan Guys podcast. Uh, thank you. We really appreciate uh, all the views we got, all the comments we got for our first episode, and uh, we're definitely going to keep keep consistent with these and uh, keep them going. And I'm here with the other co-founder of the Milan Guys who wasn't able to make it because of exams last week. Mike, Mike, how's it going, man? What's up, guys? It's good to be back. I'm sorry I couldn't make uh, last week due to like schooling exams and stuff like that, but I just wanted to quickly send a thank you to Matt. Um, the other guy, what was his name? Uh, Karas, that's right. Karas and yourself, Luca, for um, starting it out. You know, this is something we've been in the works with, talking about for a couple months now, getting it all set up and everything. And uh, it's good to have it set up, and now we can take this forward. Would, I just want to thank you all for like tuning in for the first one. It was we got some really good positive feedback, good views, and stuff like that. So that's only going to keep us motivated to do more of this stuff. So we're ready. Yeah, no, we're very ready. And uh, yeah, honestly, we just we I we got so many uh, so many comments and stuff like that, and I got a few DMs and stuff uh, of people telling me that you know. I, it was a really good listen and uh, and to keep it going because you know there's a lot of Milan fans out there who want who want to to hear people's opinions and I know you know we're not the most popular guys yet but uh, hey we really love our followers and we love our club and you know what it seems like with Milan especially the last few years every week is a new story to talk about so hundred percent yeah so you know what let's get right into it uh, we're gonna it's gonna be a little shorter this time like the first episode was really long but we're gonna keep it. Uh, Basically, a max of 40 minutes. Keep you guys engaged. Uh, not too long. So let's let's get right into it. Disappointing result at Crotone yesterday. 1-1 uh, draw. Uh, Trota on Crotone opened the scoring 10 minutes in. Uh, after Donnarumma made a few miraculous saves. So automatically, we play, the, the team wasn't ready. I'm not sure what the heck was going on, but team wasn't ready. Crotone come out flying with their great fan. They have great fans there, Claudia. Um, and they get the first goal. So we're playing behind the eight ball, right, which we've seen before a lot. But I, to be honest with you, I wasn't too worried because we, we're, we've, all, we've been a second-half team all season. Right. But then again, I also had a, that, that game had a, the makings of the, uh, the same thing as the Pescara game a few weeks ago. We, we gave exactly. up the goal and then we scored one and we just weren't able – to, to score another one, we were able to, to crack the code and and win three points, and and that's what makes a really top three team and a top six team, in my opinion. Uh, Gabriel Paletta was even though no one knew who the hell scored, nobody knew. No, uh, not at all. On the screen, they showed La Padula with the ball. I yeah, it was La Padula. So did I. But then when I watched the replay, La Padula was like past the six yard box, or it couldn't have been there. Yeah, and big I thought was like growing area went in but then it went off i don't know <laughs> i have no idea um but no but yeah uh no guys it's it's one, one one uh we had a few chances to get the winner uh de la Faye had a couple shots uh cordaz the goalie made a few really really nice saves mm -hmm. like, yeah there were some miraculous saves on his part as well that in uh on a normal day we would have probably been up to to Two one three one, but shout out to him. That was a couple of really amazing saves he made. Exactly, and uh, you know it's it's kind of tough because it seems like every goalie, every a lot of goalies were played like Skorupski last week in Empoli. They turned into prime Buffon um, <laughs> against us. But you know what? Um, aside from that, aside from the, sh the crappy result, 
Uh, we did get some help. Inter lost to Napoli. We're still we. If you look at it from a half a glass half full standpoint, we're instead of two points up on Inter, we're three points up on Inter now. Um, and the sixth spot does, uh, Michael, Mike. I don't know if you uh, call it. Uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet, but um, right, yeah, we st- we would still get sixth place. Yeah, sixth What's place. Sixth place because uh, Lazio because Lazio and Juventus when they're in the Coppa Italia final, the Coppa Italia winners in the top four, the sixth place is awarded the Europa League spot. And right. by the looks of it, Lazio will probably get top four, and Juventus already is a guaranteed top four. So by the looks of it, it'll be like last season when Sassuolo got it. Sixth place will get it. So as I see it, uh, the ball, it's in our court. It's in our like we have it's our what I'm trying to say. It's in our own hands. Yeah, and I completely agree, and that's the way it should be. I've always believed in the philosophy that you shouldn't have to rely on other teams for like a qualification or something like that, because you should be able to put yourself in the position to qualify or to make it to like a next round or something like that, instead of having to rely on other teams, because that's what good teams do. You put yourself in that position, you deserve to be in that position. And quite frankly, as of right now, we are a little bit we lucky in terms of having that six spot still available. However, at the same time, it is a little frustrating because you'd rather see your team earn the right to be in there, like a fifth, fourth place, rather than being sixth and just getting lucky because both Juventus and Lazio are already in the Coppa Italia. But in the same time, I think that's kind of where like a little bit of concern and frustration comes from because it's I've been noticing that like since after the takeover, you started noticing again, like we haven't had a, a win or three points since the takeovers happened, but I think like a lot of the reason why this like little meltdown we're kind of having is because of the takeover and not that it's anything negative. It's obviously positive. I think from a player's perspective, I think no, some of them, they're obviously not oblivious to the fact that we, uh, the Chinese now currently own Milan. I think what the fact of the matter is that they, some of the players know with their agents and stuff like that, a lot of them are not going to be here next year because of obviously they're wanting to make changes and get rid of the deadwood. So I don't think some of the players that are currently on that pitch or on that bench really have that same spark and motivation to get uh, to get to Europa League or to work harder because they know it doesn't really matter. They're going to probably be gone in the summer anyway, so why work hard for it? Which is kind of sad in a way to see like the mentality of some of our players, but at the same time, you can understand where they're coming from. So I see like a lot of tweets on Twitter like, oh, Montella, oh, this, that. But at the same time, I, a couple of weeks ago when we're getting good results and we're playing well, I see a lot of the same people defending him, Montella this, he's so good, he's this, and then a couple poor results, and everyone's back on the Montella out bandwagon, which is frustrating to me because this is the same issue that's been going on in Milan for the last couple of years between Zaghi, Seydoff, Mihailovic, Broki, and all this stuff. You can't have continuity on a team if you're constantly changing a coach every year. Like A team needs to have a leader um, develop, gel together, and you can't just do that within one year. Especially like Montella, in my opinion, has started creating an identity for the last couple of years that we haven't had. Sure, it's not the greatest identity in Europe, but at least it's something. Like you can actually see build-up plays. You can see chances trying to be created versus a couple of years ago with other coaches. All we're seeing is like 
or just hang a freestyle and just like hope for the best on the field. At least you can see like a little bit of a shape forming, especially with the players we have. Like we haven't really bought anyone. It's been just a bunch of loans. So for, for me, that's a little bit impressive. I, I He does take some of the blame because obviously he's the coach and he's responsible for the preparation. But at the same time, I think a lot of the blame does have to go on the players as well in terms of because they don't look that motivated sometimes. And I think a lot of people also forget that we are playing without our best player in Abate. Uh, excuse me, not our best, in Bonaventura, sorry. And also Abate has been out for quite some time. And yeah, he's not our best player, but however, he was having a decent season. And you could tell wearing that armband, he was really rallying the team up. And they were I finally had like a leader in comparison to like guys. We have like a Deshili or like a Zapata's captain. So yeah, in terms of that, I think that's kind of what's been our issue. There's only four games left. I hope we can make Europa League because it's a step forward in the way we need to go back to Europe. But at the same time, it is going to be a tight battle because I don't think Inter is going to keep up this like struggling pace. So we shall see. It'll be interesting. No, no, for sure. I agree with every single point you just made. Um, actually, a good friend of mine on Twitter, uh, Milan Porvida, I think he's listening right now. He actually tweeted, I think I favored it last night. He said that uh, a bunch of the players' mentality, they're probably dropping because they, they, they don't give a crap because they, they know they're gone this summer. Exactly. And... You know what, though? When you think about that, there's also another side to that, too, because if they, from their standpoint, if they play well for the next whatever, they'll get a contract somewhere else. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, like teams have scouts every game, every game, everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, so someone like, uh, for example, uh, Mati Fernandez, okay? Right. Say he's, he's been in City for a long time. He's a veteran guy. Uh, if he plays... If he plays well for the remainder of the season, and you know, some a team like uh, Torino, Sampdoria, I give him a contract next year, something like that. But you know, I totally agree, and and it sucks. So because Europa League, Europa League, I, I'm not a huge fan of Europa League. I, I really, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Europa League, even though the tournament has been getting better over the last two years. Yeah, it has. Uh, better teams are in it. Um. But, yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but listen, people will understand that we're not going to lure players in with a seventh-place finish this year. I'm we're not going to lure anybody in. You can offer – when you're negotiating with a player against another team, you can say, listen, we have Europe, uh, Europa League quality. You know what? Even with negotiation of uh, making the negotiations faster, because if we, if we get sixth place, Europa League goes to like, the qualification round, that's in like August. That's like that's like beginning of August. That's really quick. So you can say, listen, join us now. We need we need you for the Europa League qualifiers. And people don't understand that this was a this these last few years with new owners, but now new owners and everything, it's a rebuild. It's right. a rebuild. It's a rebuild. And and you don't I've never seen a team in any sport go from the like a, a, a not very convincing side rebuild and be, and beget at the top right away it's a process exactly Europa League have maybe a, a little a, a nice little run you don't have to win Europa League no but at least go deep into it to show that you're being competitive enough and you're trying to get to that next stage go deep use some of your youth players so show you're making progress with youth then buy some players the funds are available buy some class players Make top three and get yourself back in the Champions League. And that's what the Chinese owners, that's what their goals have to be. And from what I heard, from what they've said, I think that's what they're aiming for. But remember, guys, Montella, 
at the beginning of the season, he literally told us in August the goal is Europa League for this season. He told us that. Yeah. And people understand it's like, wow, he has a small mentality. It's not a small mentality. We don't have a transfer budget. He's using these he's using these uh he's using these Deadwood uh, players. Yeah, these players that were in the club already, these young players, he gave Locatelli a chance. He's using these young players. And we'll, we'll talk about it after maybe the last part of our segment. Um, and people want Montella fired? Are you kidding me? Like, I really wonder if people are watching the same matches as we are. Because this, I tweeted yesterday on my personal and the Milan guy. I said, Milan, apart from the 3-0 loss to Genoa this year, Milan have had a chance to win every single match this season. We've been, we've been in every single match. That is a true point that a lot of people actually do overlook. They overlook it. We, when we've lost, like just an example, when we lost to Napoli at home 2-1 when they scored two goals in 10 minutes, we dominated the, the, 80, the last 80 minutes. We lost 2-1, hit the passes at the crossbar. We could have tied that game. We could have beat Inter. We played better than Inter in the second game and tied them. We beat Juventus. We should, we should have got four points if it wasn't for incompetent officiating. We should have got four points from Juventus. We got four points from Lazio, four from Juventus. None from Roma yet. We played the next week. Didn't get any from Napoli. Disappointing. But, hey, we lost 4-2 in the second game of the year. We didn't even have an identity yet. I think what a lot of people have a problem with is, which is understandable at the same time, is as being a Milan fan, especially the diverse Milan fans we have on Twitter, especially ones that we follow and that's in the community, a lot of them are, like, older. In comparison to us, we're more, like, younger However, without that, I think, like, as a Milan fan, you're kind of programmed to constantly, like, winning, being glorified, dominating Europe in the Champions League. So a lot of people are so used to that that instantly, like, if you don't make Champions League right away, it's like a bust. But people need to understand that, like we were saying, it is a process. Get to Europa League. Show people, show the soccer world that, hey, you know what? They've been out of the shadows of Europe for quite a while now. But, hey, they're back in Europa League. Next step is the Champions League. A lot of people, like, with Montella at the same time, like, yeah, so his uh, goal is Europa League. So what? If we go to the Champions League, we would absolutely get murdered. We would absolutely get murdered with the team we currently have. Yep. And a lot of people are making this assumption, oh, he's not a good coach. Like I was saying, he's giving us an identity. But at the same time, can we at least judge the guy after, he, for example, let's say the Chinese actually do buy players. We have funds this summer, Fasone and Mirabelli actually buy good players and stuff like that. And if he doesn't do well with those type of players, then you could judge him and put him on the hot seat. But how can you put a guy on the hot seat with a, a not improved team besides a couple of loans like Delufeo and Ocampos and stuff like that? Those aren't improvements. Those are little band-aid fixes for guys like who Bonaventura who got injured and stuff like that. Judge the guy when he's given a good team. And if he doesn't succeed with that, then you could put him on the hot seat and potentially thinking about like other options. But right now, that is not a fair evaluation, especially because we're doing the same cycle over again. I see a lot of Milan fans complaining, oh, we keep on switching coaches. But at the same time, they're the ones who keep on compl- uh, are the ones like, oh, this guy's got to be out, this guy in, this guy out, this guy in. How are you supposed to how are you supposed to get away from that cycle if if after one result you already want a coach fired? Give the guy a chance. Let's see what happens in the summer. See what kind of guys we purchase if we do. 
And from that, we can go forward. If then if there's not progress in comparison to this season, then you can let him go start looking at other options. But if you're letting him go already, we're just doing the same cycle and we're not improving. And in my opinion, that's what a lot of fans are stuck on. They're just, they just have these ideas. Like I see a lot of people like Conte. Okay, yeah, I love Conte at Milan too. He's obviously better than Motella. But he's not leaving Chelsea. He clearly has a project there. He wants to do something. And once he completes it, then we'll see. But at the same time, our squad has to be our roster. The guys on the field, the guys on the bench have to be improved first. And then we can go from there from coaching. Because in my opinion, it doesn't matter who you put in. There's not going to be that much of an impact because of the guys we have. And Montello, with the guys he's had, he's actually made somewhat of an Im impact in comparison to the other coaches we've recently had. So for me, I think people are jumping, uh, jumping on him too quickly and not giving him a fair evaluation. Because in my opinion, he's been doing quite a lot of good stuff that's being overlooked. Yeah, no, exactly. And... You know what? I, I follow a lot of Milanisti on Twitter, and they're they're great follows and everything. But some of the things I read or just play, and I even said on the Milan guys, so some of you guys are just really like the the, the funny word they use is just silly, and yeah. it's literally you lose one match. You don't even lose. You tie one match in Tortona. Sure, terrible result. I totally agree. I was pissed off. It ruined yeah, my Sunday. It ruined my Sunday. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. But it's not the end of the world no. yet. And it's in our, like as I said, it's in our hands. You won't understand. I truly think we're going to come out and give Roma a run for their money at San Siro next Saturday or Sunday. I hope so, and I would think so too. I think we're a hundred percent giving a run for the money. Why we play? We play way better against better teams. Yeah. Um, you, again, like people don't understand that we play Roma and we play Atalanta. These two games are huge. We need to get three, three or four points out of these two games, and people. I don't know. It's tough because you, everybody blames the coach. He has a small mentality. And one of my followers that I follow us, Simo, you know, Simo, he's a good yeah. guy. He was telling me, we, we and him were talking. And he said that Montella, he doesn't have the right mentality. I said, I said, Simo, I said, in, in any sport, a coach can only tell you so much. A coach can tell you, guys, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. And the players are shaking, nod their heads. But after that, it's up to the players. The coach is done. You can't do anything about it. Exactly. And that goes back to our whole, like, mentality conversation that they're having. He can, like, for everyone seems to act like they're all in the locker room and they're part of Montella's coaching staff. I mean, I could say the same thing about ourselves as well. But yeah, of based course. off of, like, knowledge, like, everyone seems to, like, know exactly what's going on in this guy's brain, what's going on in, uh, uh, like, what kind of plans he has. But at the same time, none of us know. Like, it, it, it boggles my mind just because – like for example, when we beat Juventus in the Super Cup or when we beat them, for example, in the regular season, the stuff like that, he's getting all this praise. Oh, like, you know, he's finally – this is the coach we need. Like, he on the, we're on the right track. And then, yes, I understand, again, that these results are – these recent results have been a little frustrating. But then, like, what kind of trust are you showing in your coach and what kind of, like, perseverance are you showing if – after one bad result, okay, done. We need the next guy in here. Like, you're not creating a culture that way. You're just easily quitting and showing the players that you really don't have a project and you're just kind of going what whatever's hot right now and with the, whoever's available. Like, you're not showing them that we have a solid foundation. Keeping Montella here and bringing him again, keeping him for next year and hopefully bringing in some more improved players will show the team, will show the fans, will show the soccer world that, okay, they have a project, they're in a rebuild, and let's see what it goes. Because right now, like I even tweeted out, like some of the guys, again, like you can meet, I've said this before to many people, 
you come to agreement with any player in the world. But obviously what matters is the club-to-club -club agreement. But at the same time, I do like the guys we are going after. Do I think we'll get all of them or some of them? Maybe, probably not. But at the same time, it does show what kind of direction we're going in. It doesn't show that we're settling for average players anymore. We're starting to look for more quality players. So that is promising to me. And jumping ship is not a good idea. No, exactly. And people, I don't think people understand that this, this Milan midfield is complete poverty. It's a poverty midfield. Oh, it is, 100%. And, and, and what my philosophy is, and what you'll probably definitely agree with it, the the midfield links the forwards and the defenders. Exactly. With a crap with a crap midfield, you can't win. You look at all the top teams right now. Look at Real Madrid, Kroos, Modric, Casemiro. Okay, th these are good players, right? Isco, he comes in. James. You look at even a Bayern too, right? Bayern. I think Bayern is better than Real Madrid, but Bayern. Thiago Alcantara. Lom when he played in the midfield, Vidal, right? And you look at Milan, Sosa, Locatelli, 18 year, 19 year old Locatelli, Mati Fernandez. Like, there's a difference here. And people blame the coach for a poverty midfield. It's like, well, there's not going to be much service. How many goals is, how many goals? If I, if I was a striker out there, I probably, I wouldn't even touch the ball. Was I midfield? I don't think I'd touch the ball. I don't think, I, and I'm not, I'm not a great player or anything, but I don't think I even touch the ball because. There's no service there. Like I'd like to see a Carlos Baca, a Fox in the box. I'd truly like to see him with with service because I feel like he'd score twenty goals. Um, and he's he's he hasn't had the best years, but I feel like he'd score twenty goals. I feel like both. I feel like all of our strikers would be. I feel like, yeah, I feel like any striker would be good with good service. But just people to also understand that, like Montella doesn't buy the players, and Montella doesn't. He can request players, but. Ultimately, it's the owner's choice, the CEO's choice, director's choice. Montella can say, "Okay, I want, I need, I need, a, I need a midfielder of these qualities." Okay, go out and find them. And <clears throat> we have some good players. We have Suzo, Delafeu, you know, Baca, Lapadula, Locatelli's a growing regista. He's growing, but you can't like he's not he's not there yet. He's not he's not elite. He's eight, 19 years old. He's getting better. I like watching him, but people think that this guy should be world class already. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not it's not it this it's not logical, you know? And uh and, and like Locatelli's a great player and everything and you know and I've I've always liked Locatelli and especially when he, he won us six points on oh he won us four points is because he tied the game up. But you don't you need a top midfield. Like the midfield has to be the priority in the summer. And there's no secret that he has to be, and and then you can judge, like you said, then you can judge Montella. You can't. You're gonna. You're telling me. People are telling me you're gonna judge him with. You're gonna judge. And people say he has the wrong lineup. What do you? Who? Who else is there to play? There is no one else. It's just. A, it's just there's no creativity. There's no like solid reference defensively there's no such movement like locatelli is promising is obviously young but at the same time again he is young like he's he needs to grow he's gonna develop like you can't expect him to just be this incredible new player and do everything for us already like he the guy's got to grow and to make him grow you got to put better players around him and right now like he's just doing it based off his own skill with better players around him our midfield will improve and so will he 
So I've been saying for so many years now that midfield needs to be improved because it is, it is the most uncreative, un, most undefensive, and most and has lacks the absolute most amount of movement I've ever seen a midfield ever. It's just the most staggering three-man line I've ever seen. No, it's true. I completely agree. And we kind of saw yesterday, and as I felt like there was no there was no build-up. There was no one-touch passes. There's just no – and it, La Padula was really good yesterday. He held the ball up really well. I he, noticed that as well, too. And he was coming back and helping to defend yeah, he was, a couple he times. He was very good. He works, he works very hard, very hard. Like, he'll, he'll, run his, he'll run his butt off for 90 minutes. And if, you, if it's extra time and you tell him to go for another 30 minutes, he will. Yeah. And that's why I feel like he should be, he should, we should keep him around the club as a bench guy and stuff like that. Because he, he's, uh, as we were talking about on Twitter and stuff, La, La Padula is a guy that has that like fighting spirit, the Milan. Yeah. Like I got, like I got two the like spirit. Like, you know, La Padula, you know, you know, La Padula is pissed off when he doesn't score and we don't win. You know, he's pissed. Yeah. Like, you know, he goes home and like and 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 is and he's pissed off about it. And and that's why he's with an edge. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, he he plays with an edge, and you can tell because well, number one, when he scores, he has tears in his eyes. Number two, <laughs> number two, he always you see his Instagram pictures and tweets and stuff. Oh, let's keep fighting. We don't only think about winning this week. He wants to win. No, hundred percent. The guys who don't really give a crap, you can tell when they don't give a crap. You can tell. And that was always kind of my beef with uh, Niang, not to like touch on that, but that was kind of always my beef with Niang because, yeah, I understand he's a talented player and stuff like that, but A, he wasn't producing on the field, and there's so many instances where it doesn't look like he really cared and didn't give like that motivation. And it's not just him. There's quite a few players on this roster that have that same type of mentality, but like guys like Lapadula like that, like a Locotelli, like a Donnarumma, a Romagnoli, Bonaventura, guys like that, those are guys we need to take with us for the future, build from that as our core and add guys to the system. And then we'll start seeing some good things happen. But if we can, we keep on keeping these dead wood players around our actual good guys. We're just not going anywhere. No, exactly. hundred percent. And people, it's, it seems like uh, what people are doing is they just, uh, they just, um, they have to blame somebody. And yeah, scapegoat. And it, they instantly go to the coach. They go to the coach because they don't want to. And you know why? Here's my problem with even just all of the sports teams that I follow and stuff. People have their favorite players, and it's quite annoying when they they won't. Like you have to be able to to say, listen, like my favorite guy, he was he was crap today. He was bad. Like, he, yeah, you have to be able to like step aside, like put your love affair away for the guy for a second, and be like a real sports fan rather than just being like. But being just attached, like people do wrong. Like, okay, he might be your favorite player, he might be your favorite coach, but you need to understand that he he is not perfect. Like, uh, he will make mistakes. And like, I see a lot of people like, oh, like Locatelli yeah. needs to play. Okay, yeah, of course he needs to play, a hundred percent. But like, there's some people like, oh, Locatelli was perfect yesterday. Well, okay, no one really played that well uh, apart from I would say Donnarumma yesterday because he's like saved us quite a few chances, like every other game he does. But like, it's not like I see a lot of people like, oh, Locatelli was a very good say. Like. It wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. And neither was the whole team, right? Yeah. Compared to his point. So they can't be just singling out a guy and saying, oh, yeah, he was the best one. He needs to be playing this, this, and that. Yeah. Like, you need to take a step back, realize, and diagnose it all, and then be, just be true about it instead of just, like, putting your feelings towards it. No, exactly. And, and 
it's like when I read some tweets, it's like, oh, he has the wrong like Locatelli needs to be in there. Like it's like, okay, well, like Locatelli's not gonna be, he's not gonna add like prime, like prime pure low. Like no, not at all. What is he gonna add? Like he's a good player, but he's young. He's a young player, and people he's got to develop. People are just are so people they get really pissed off and they start tweeting and stuff, and uh, and then they just they don't really know. Uh, yeah, they don't really they just don't really know. Um, you know, I don't know. They don't really know what to say. They have to create a scapegoat, and that's what happens. But you know what? Let's move, let's move, kind of move on a little bit here. Um, Europa League race, we touched on it in the first episode. I know you were you were listening in, and uh, and I just want to talk. I wanted to touch it, but just for like a, like two minutes, three minutes. <clears throat> I just want to touch about. Uh, there's a huge debate on like Lazio. They're having a great season, right? No, oh, that's an incredible season. He's doing a very good job. Props to him. Lazio has a stronger side than Milan does. Oh, hundred percent. And like as a whole as well, like they're uh, completely engaged. You know, they have some good players on their team. And like also, what's I think what's helping, like obviously Keita Balde, one of our targets, is doing well as well. You know, they have Biglia, they have their couple defenders. But as well, I think what a lot is helping that team as well is. The reemergence, I guess you can say, of Immobile. Like he's kind of started flirting with that Torino form again. And that's obviously good for Italian soccer as well. But at the same time, for uh, Lazio, I think that's one of the key aspects of what's uh, driving them to where they're going. But at the same time, I have to give a lot of props to Simone Inzaghi for the work he's been doing because Lazio literally started flying under the radar. Like no one like really thought about Lazio this year at all. And then all of a sudden, they just swooped up. And it's really impressive to see. And it's good for Italian culture as well to get more competitive teams fighting at the top. Uh, yeah, for sure. And and even like Atalanta's had an incredible season, but Atalanta just doesn't lose. They don't lose. <laughs> they just remind me of a Sassuolo when Sassuolo was going on like those fairy tale runs where they made Europa League. Like they were beating, like they were uh, making the uh, top team struggles. Like they kind of remind me of that. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good enough comparison, but like obviously they're two like different kind of sides but they just like they're hanging around like they're not like they're not stopping like it wasn't just a a, a four-week run like they're being consistent which is something that's pretty impressive so i give them props as well no exactly and atalanta is like and just like inter spent almost 200 million euros and they're behind us right now yeah and we spent what 15 20 i don't even know I don't 20. Even think that much especially with the loans yeah, and no, stuff exactly. like, we brought in like we brought in a bunch of we basically brought in like depth guys and we don't even have starters so basically we, we added to our depth and we're still ahead of Inter. You know what yeah. I mean? So like and I you know what to be honest like I respect Inter as a like, I know a few Inter fans like like good Inter fans like nice guys. Yeah. So and I was talking to one. Uh, he's on Twitter. I don't know if we know him. His name is Adam or Ahmed. Or, what is his name? Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Adam Ahmed. Adam Ahmed, yeah. He's a good guy. We were talking about it and it's like, like both clubs are suffering. But it's like if, if, if Milan spend $200 million and like they bring in these quality players and they're still garbage, like what – I don't know. Like Then then you can worry. Yeah. But right now – I know everybody wants to live in the now, as do I. I don't want to wait till next season, of course. Who does? Yeah. But the process. And, and people, just they, they just, they're, they're just impatient, right? And yeah. you know what? I, I can see it. I totally understandable. It's whatever. But, yeah. you know, we're, we have a decent side. We're, we're, we're a decent side. Sometimes we look really dominant. It's like, wow, we look really good today. Yeah. 
And sometimes it's 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 not like that. You know? So it's whatever. You know what, Mikael or Mike? Let's uh, go take some questions now. Um, we have a few actually. Okay. Um, let me just go on the hashtag here. Uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions, just make sure you put the hashtag in there. That's where we get them from. It's easier to get it from for us. Um, so one, uh, what do you think about the next games? Will it be easier that we're facing stronger teams? Michael. I don't know if it'll be easier. I think I think Montel is obviously going to rally up the guys. And, you know, like how we said, like some of the guys like seem not to care. But obviously there are quite a few guys on this team that do care. So I think that there will be a sense of urgency, especially to like, you know, obviously need to drop points. But at the same time, I think they'll eventually snap out of it. So I think we'll come out fighting against Roma. Do I think we'll get the three points? I mean, obviously I hope uh, it's going to be a tough battle if we actually execute. Uh, you know, there might be a chance, but especially they're coming off a derby loss and they had a chance. They've had multiple chances, like I tweeted out yesterday, to catch up to Juve, and they obviously haven't done that. So especially Napoli knocking on the door with that three point um, three points against Inter yesterday, I think they'll have a little sense of urgency as well. So I think it'll be a good game. Uh, that's obviously at home, so we've done well to San Siro. Against Atalanta, it's going to be, again, a struggle because it's going to be at their stadium. And they, again, like we said, they've been consistent. So that's also going to be a little struggle, but hope for the best on that one. And the last two, I think, are against Bologna and Cagliari, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you, have to, you have to get six points from that. Yeah. I mean, uh, we haven't been able to prove to do that, but I think if we have enough confidence coming out of the Roma and Atalanta games, well, you know, we were able to salvage a few point, points and play well, I think especially that's going to become crunch time with the last two games left. I think that – I think – and I hope the intensity will pick up and we'll see a better execution because that's all I want to see with these last four games. I want to see a, like a better execution and a true fight out of this team just so I can have like a promising feeling going into the summer because like like we mentioned, we do have a good core. So with that, we can build around it. So I just want to see a nice ending, especially because the last couple of weeks have been a little, a little annoying in a sense. Oh, for sure. It's definitely annoying. And honestly, we're in the sixth spot right now. We're in it. It's in our own hands. We win, we keep six. Hey, to be honest, if we beat Roma and Atalanta lose this weekend, we beat Atalanta, we're ahead of Atalanta too. So, I mean, anything could happen. Anything could happen, but we it's it all – like I want I want it to depend on us. I don't want it to be, have to depend on Inter. I, want, I don't want to have to – like that helps. Like if we get our job done, like we beat the teams we got to beat, yeah, of course I'm going to depend on the other teams to lose. But I, it has to be focused on us first, and we have to put ourselves in the position – to get the points, get the wins, and then we'll see what other teams do. We shouldn't have to be losing and then hoping other teams lose. That's not what a good team does. No, exactly. You don't. You, you're the goal is, and even with when I played like my my freaking minor league sports, you don't want to you don't want to rely on results from others. You want you want to keep it in your own hands, and yeah. and that's what we have. We have a chance right now. There is a there is a golden opportunity to. There's a golden opportunity to keep to keep the sixth spot and go to Europa League and just and just see. So yeah. it's a good question. This one we kind of touched on already. Um, your opinion on Milan's uh, coming up, uh, Mercato coming up? You think it's going to be effective? Well, I'll take take a quick one. We'll get we have one more, and then we'll kind of start wrapping things up soon. Um, basically, and this is from Huanoi uh, Kayoma, Don Maldini three. Thanks for the question, man. Um, Basically, Milan's Mercato, I think, will depend a lot on Europa League. Right. Um, you have to, you have to qualify, qualify, and 
you'll be able to lure some bigger names in. But we have been linked to some big names, so I'm excited. Um, but yeah, you know what? I think uh, you know the midfield is obviously the the main goal. We got to bring in the midfield. 100. percent But but yeah, you know what? Uh, I think it's a good question, and uh, we'll definitely see closer to June or July. Sorry, what? Uh, what's going to come and we're going to be linked with a lot of names. Make sure you, you look at the real source and run at the crappy ones yeah, and, and don't get o- too overhyped and don't like uh, keep a reality check because especially through a lot of times I see a lot of people they're linked to a name and like, I'm just looking at it and I see what kind of source it is. I'm like, I feel like I feel sorry for a sense for some people because it's obviously typical media. Like they want you to bite, they want you to read the stuff and they just get their, they make them get their hopes up. So make sure you take a realistic approach because we're not buying the best players in the world this summer. We're, I, my goal and my hope is for them to buy good players. In my opinion, I like more City A players, like picking out like kind of what Juve did, like Gata Pjanic, Gata Higuain, that kind of thing. Like take the take some good players from good teams, something like that, and then start building from there, and then work your way up, and then we can start talking some bigger names. But if you guys are thinking like, oh, we're getting this guy, this guy, this guy, like this is not a FIFA, right? So remember, like keep your head straight, and let's. It's a process. It's a process. Mm-hmm. People have to understand it's not it's not FIFA career mode, right? No. And basically, you have to stay under the FFP regulations too. Right. Um, and Inter got screwed with that. Yeah. They weren't allowed to use um, João Mario, <clears throat> Gabby goal, uh, Gabby one goal. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, we got to make sure that we uh, we don't fall into that trap. And, uh, you know, it's all. It's a process. Just you people have to remember, Milanisti. It's a process. Everything is a process. Like uh, Joel, Joel Embiid in the NBA. Trust the process. Trust the process. process. Gotta trust it, honestly. See where it takes us. You know, we again. We have the core. Resign that we talked about renewals last episode. Resign. Uh, resign the guys. Suzo, Donnarumma, ETC, whatever. Resign those guys. Have the core. Add to it. Don't spend so much money on one player. Right. That's what kind of what my beef is about a bummying. I like. I'm not trying. Like, he's a good player, obviously. But in my opinion, just to quickly touch on this, because I don't want to get too into detail, because I seeing like stuff like, oh, apparently we're not, we're not going for Matt anymore. But in my opinion, great player. You know, we had him on our new team, whatever. But in my opinion, he is not the guy that I would want at least to be leading my front line and not because of a talent or issue or anything like that. I just don't think he's the guy. That's why I've always been preaching about like a Belotti or a Morata. Like I think those are the guys that, again, they're obviously going to cost quite a bit of money, but at the same time, it's might be a good investment because I feel like those were the two guys to lead our attack and have a consistency throughout every game that we've been lacking. And with the, with the proper midfield to give them the service chances, I think like, good things will come out of it. No, exactly, and people understand that we improve our midfield. Our striker, who it doesn't matter who the hell the striker is, he'll be better. And like you see, strikers that they have, they don't score much, and they they move to it. They they go a different team, and they're scoring off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? I have absolutely no idea. But that's what you gotta think about. And you don't wanna pull a Manchester United. Spent 100 million euros on Pogba and still fight, try to fight for a Champions League spot. Um, 
like you what my thing is is you want to spread if you have whatever x amount of euros 150 don't spend 120 and then 30 i mean i just spent 40 30 you hey even a younger guy get a 25 million like a, like a romagnoli type purchase yeah i completely agree and and that's what you gotta think about it with with mercato but you know what we don't want to get too much into mercato right now because we don't know what's gonna happen you don't know what's gonna happen we still have four games left to, to make europa league um we have one more question here um let's go back to it sorry um okay here it is here uh why does it? Why does Milan seem to play with less effort intensity against lower seeds? Uh, Mike, you get that one. Uh, recently, like uh, the I kind of want to make this comparison. I know those of you who watch the Italian national team as well. Like, yeah, I I kind of started making this comparison a little bit with to myself that if you notice what the Italian national team does a lot is when they play bigger teams, they come out swinging. You know, they come out hard. They're playing hard. When they play lower teams, I guess they take it a little lightly. I mean, that's kind of like a normal like, sports thing in a sense. But like it's kind of an annoying mentality to have because you're like we aren't that type of team here. Like for example, like Juventus, where like okay, yeah, you can like not be maybe as motivated as playing a big club, but you still know like it's a business trip. Like you got to take care of business, get those three points because those three points that you don't get playing the lower sides eventually add up. For example, like we took two losses to Udinese that could have easily been six points in our pocket that we could add right now. These ties and losses that we've been having against these little sides, like they eventually add up. And I think it's because I think it's because at the start of the season, you know, we were kind of on a little run. We were having momentum, like we thought it'd be consistent, but it was being a little overlooked. And eventually, we were going to come back down to reality. So I still think we have this mentality that yeah, we can beat anyone, which is a good mentality to have because you're motivated. But at the same time, like it, it's good to be motivated. But at the end of the day, like uh, actions are louder than words. You can say whatever you want, but if you're not doing it, then it doesn't really mean anything. So, uh. Back to that question, like uh, I just think it's a lack of a lack of motivation. I don't think it's much more preparation because instead, yeah, like a lot of topics that have been discussed is that these little teams, are low like lower table teams, are being a little overlooked in a sense. Yeah, they're not really going anywhere, but they do put up a fight to some bigger teams at the top of the table. So I think that's kind of what the issue is. But at the same time, like we were mentioning before, I think some players on the roster just aren't completely motivated, just knowing that. Yeah, um, in terms of seniority at Milan, I think their time is eventually going to come to an end this summer. So there isn't that like grit that they have that they might have had at the beginning of the season, trying to fight their way and get another contract. In my opinion, for sure. And and uh, that's a good answer. And it's just uh, you know what Matt Matt Santangelo said on the last episode. He said this this trip to Crotone is not going to be easy because right, they're, right. They're fighting for their relegation lie. Like, they want they're they're fighting right. Yeah. So. You know what? It's it's whatever. It's, it's past us now. Got a point from it. Whatever. Um, but now we have to go. We have to go move on. And honestly, Montella's already starting his preparations for Roma. I'm sure he wants to beat them because he played for them and stuff. Right. I'm sure he wants to beat them. Um, but listen, guys. It's we have again. We're gonna close it out soon, like in the next few minutes. But. We're going to take a few There's a few more comments I just want to touch upon in the live chat people put in. You guys can also put the comments in the live chat on YouTube too. When you're watching, there's a live chat beside it. I can see it. So, so you guys know. Um, don't blame the coach. Put the blame on the players. You know, 
give the players your support. I don't want to see people. I don't want to see people saying this guy's the problem. This guy's the problem. Like that's great if he's the problem, but hey, there's ten other guys on the pitch. Like I don't like if he's a if he's a real problem, the coach will see the same as us. No. Yeah, like Montella is obviously fair. Like I wouldn't say you can't blame him for nothing because that's no, not he's fair. not. He's yeah. not an angel. No coach is. Yeah, like he does take some of the blame because at the end of the day, like he is in charge of getting the guys ready and preparing and stuff like that. But I think there's just been too much blame on him, and the stuff, the good stuff that he's actually been doing this season has been overlooked based off of just a few results that have been like that have like salted the wounds of Milan fans. So I think people are taking their emotions a little too too seriously and they're not looking at it from a reality standpoint which is understandable but at the same time we always need to step back reevaluate and then make an assumption and people don't understand like they, they don't see that milan milan have had so many games this year where we've dominated the whole game but got a tie yeah you know quick stat for you for you lads donnarumma had 23 passes completed yesterday he had more pass completed than any crotone player it's a crazy stat you're telling me not one Crotone midfielder or defender had 23 passes? So it kind of shows we dominate the game. He's got to, he just can't crack the coast. His team is so tactically well, like well uh, organized in City A. And it's yep. like if, they, if they're focused on, on keeping you to a draw, like it, a lot of times it can happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's tough. But listen, Milanisti, the times are. The times ahead are bright. Um, you got four games, you know, I say from from uh, 12 points. Uh, got to get seven? Seven? I, I hope for the maximum as possible, but. Yeah, but like, I, I'm trying to rig realistic, realistic Mila. Seven to ten, because I think it's four games for so sixteen. Uh, no, sorry, twelve points. You're right. You're right. Twelve, 12 points. points. Like two wins and a draw. It's probable. Two wins, a draw, and a loss. Yep, I think that's reasonable. It's a reasonable thing. We have two games at home, two games away. The one game away is against Calgary. Boreello making a Boreello masterclass. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, and just a comment here in the live chat. Uh, my my friend Jurgen, he said. People want Montella to walk on the pitch and score himself. Exactly. Thank you. And he probably could, to be honest. He's a good player. He's a great um, player. And this guy said, Hi, Milan should get rid of people who are used to losing. Zapata, Gishilio, Poli, Bertolacci, Honda. They have, lo- they have a losing mentality. We need bigger names. I like the way he thinks. This guy said, I agree. Montella is not the main problem. The players we have is are, are pardon my language, shit. I'm so tired of some Milan fans saying, oh, our players are good enough. Our players are good enough. Our players are not good enough. Saying. Yeah, and I agree. we agree. We've been talking about this the whole time, and we definitely agree. And people need to understand it's not always the coach's fault. You can only tell them so much. You can only pump up your guys so much. Like what? So you, so you come out and concede in the five minutes, first five minutes, because your one player slips on the ground and it's a breakaway and scores. It's the coach's fault. What you know what I mean? It's just yeah. It's yeah. It's just like what what so what's the coach supposed to do there? Like is he supposed to go on the field and prevent you from falling or? But you know, in you know, it's it's tough. But listen, we're gonna start wrapping it up now, guys. And again, we're gonna keep these as consistent as we can. We're both done school for the summer. We where we working and stuff, but we're gonna try to find the time 
to spare 35, 40 minutes, which shouldn't be too hard, right? Right, Mike? No, yeah, we'll get we'll get it done. It's something that's enjoyable. I lo- we obviously love interacting with you guys through Twitter oh. and stuff like that. But as well, this adds another dimension, another level that you guys can rather just reading tweets. You can actually hear for those of you like the audio type of version of opinions and stuff like that. So it adds another dimension to it. It's fun for us. We love it. We love interacting with you guys. So it's something that we're for sure motivated to doing, willing to keep on yeah. doing throughout the summer for sure. And please tweet us feedback, suggestions. You want to be, if you have a really good opinion, you want to be a guest on an episode, anything, let us know. Uh, we'll try our best to uh, to see it and get back to you. And we'll also be bringing on more guests as well eventually. We as it goes Unfortunately, on. yeah, it was a midday thing. So uh, I asked a few guys, but they weren't available. But we'll definitely bring it on guests. You'll, I guarantee you'll see Matt again. Um, a good sure. friend, uh, Adamo. Adamo did yeah, Daco, he told me he'd be interested. And we and started also, talking to a few, a couple other special people too that we won't really yeah. mention yet. But not to mention yet, but there's some big names uh, we're talking to, and uh, and they said they'd love to come on and, and talk Milan, and and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to you know get our voices heard, and then you know and and you know get popular in our in our voices and give Milan fans a voice through a podcast. I know there's not many around, so like guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, <clears throat> please, <clears throat> sorry guys, excuse me, on the video, uh, drop a like on our YouTube video, uh, even a comment, uh, a comment would be nice too, just like in a comment, let us know how we're doing, again, feedback, constructive criticism, we'll take it, for sure, and yeah, for sure guys, and you know, we're gonna keep this as consistent as possible, and we really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening, I can see when guys are live listening, and yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. So we're going to wrap things up. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you, guys. And we appreciate it. We have a big game at the weekend against Roma. And again, three points are needed. A huge three points on the line. And I think our boys uh, will be up to the task. So, guys, I'm uh, host Luke Laporte. I'm uh, the other co-founder, Mike. Mike, you have fun? Thank you, guys, for tuning in. It was great fun. Can't wait to keep on doing it. Thank you. All right, guys. So uh, we'll see you next week, or you know, maybe we might do like a Roma reaction or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just stay. Look at our Twitter page. Stay tuned. Drop a retweet and like on our uh, the video when we post the link, and drop a like and comment. And thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao, Forza Milan. Forza Milan.